listening to the podcast 82488 and lifted out the skull fragment. Beautiful. Perfect. It's the Glabella. This was a real cause for celebration because the Glabella, the area just above the nasal opening between the eye sockets, was one area of the adult skull unknown in A. Afarensis. Finding a skull fragment is always exciting, but to find a never-before-discovered bit of anatomy is as great as the difference between seeing a drawing of a triangle and actually standing in the dim, chilly interior of the Great Pyramid of Giza. And that was a selection from today's book, Lucy's Legacy. The Quest for Human Origins by author Donald C. Johansson and Kate Wong. Page 8. Call her Lucy. I smiled politely at the suggestion, but I didn't like it because I thought it was frivolous to refer to such an important find simply as Lucy. Nicknaming hominid fossils was not unheard of, however. Mary and Louis Leakey, giants in the field of paleoanthropology, dubbed a flattened hominid skull found in Tanzania's Olduvai Gorge, Twiggy. In a specimen their son, Jonathan, found, received the moniker Johnny's Child. But most of the scientists I knew wouldn't give their fossils a cute name based on a song by the Beatles. The next morning, however, everyone wanted to know if we were going to the Lucy site. Someone asked how tall Lucy was. Another inquired how old I thought Lucy was when she died. As I sat there eating my breakfast, of peanut butter and jelly on toast, I conceded that the name Lucy had a better ring to it than AL-288, the locality number that had been assigned to the site. At my request, the government representative from the Antiquities Administration, who had escorted our expedition, sent word to the Director General of the Ministry of Culture. Beckley Nguisier. He arrived a few days later with some of his colleagues. While I answered their questions, I resisted referring to our Australopithecine as Lucy because I was uncomfortable about an Ethiopian fossil bearing an English name. When the team returned that afternoon from the site Bursting with news of more Lucy fragments, additional information about Lucy, endless speculations about Lucy, my discomfort grew. After dinner, Beckel and I sat outside the dining tent, looking up at a brilliant starlit sky. I talked about the implications of the discovery, how it might impact prevailing theories about hominid evolution and we discussed arrangements for a press announcement in Addy Ababa in December.
He listened in silence, then regarded me very seriously and said, You know, she is an Ethiopian. She needs an Ethiopian name. Yes, I agreed, relieved. What do you suggest? Dinkanesh is the perfect name for her. I mentally inventoried my Amharic vocabulary, which was just page 24. Country was at the University of California, Berkeley. I visited Clark Howell there several times and hoped to someday live in the Bay Area. Encouraged by discussions with Tim and Clark, as well as financial support from notables like Gordon Getty, I made the decision to leave Cleveland and become the founding director of the Institute of Human Origins, IHO, originally known as the International Institute for the Study of Human Origins in Berkeley. It was not easy for me to leave Cleveland, where I had so many friends and a nice home. I will always have pleasant memories of my time there. The Cleveland Museum of Natural History had played a pivotal role in my professional development, and the staff had been unselfishly supportive of all my research. My old lab still functions and is currently under the able dictatorship of a young Ethiopian paleoanthropologist, Johannes Hael Selassie. By late 1981, I had relocated to Berkeley and faced the challenges of setting up a nonprofit research institute. I established a board of directors and began fundraising efforts to realize my dream of having a human evolution think tank solely focused on paleoanthropology. I didn't let my institute duties eclipse my hopes of a return to Adar. Oh, and I kept in contact with the Ethiopian Ministry of Culture. My close colleagues at Berkeley, J. Desmond Clark, a doyen of African archaeology, and Tim White began fieldwork in the middle Awash region of Ethiopia in the fall of 1981, and their success encouraged me to apply for a permit to work at Adar in the autumn of 1982. Constrained by my institute responsibilities, I had to remain in Berkeley after I sent the Adar team ahead to Adi Ababa to make preparations for fieldwork, whom I had met in the Omo was key to these preparations. Jerry was one of my closest and oldest friends, but I wasn't happy to hear from him when he called at two o'clock one morning from Adi. Groggy, I asked, everything all right? Page 88. Well, look at this, I exclaimed. There were a couple of metacarpal bones from the back of the hand, a fragment of upper arm bone, or humerus, and a fragment of skull. Bill crouched and lifted out the skull fragment. Beautiful. 
perfect. It's the La Bella. This was a real cause for celebration because the glabella, the area just above the nasal opening between the eye sockets, was one area of the adult skull unknown in A. afarensis. Finding a skull fragment is always exciting, but to find a never-before-discovered bit of anatomy is as great as the difference between seeing a drawing of a triangle and actually standing in the dim, chilly interior of the Great Pyramid of Giza. Bill scrutinized the glabella, Latin for bald, and pointed out the prominent ridges where the superciliary muscles attached, the ones that draw the eyebrows down and closer together. I joked he would have been able to make quite a frown, eh? Frowning a little himself, Bill said, better get an excavation team organized and see what we can find in situ. Let's get on it right away. I agreed happily. However, after two days, we were forced to put the plan on hold. Bob and I had been out to visit Jack and Celeste in the Gona area, where their excavation was unveiling numerous artifacts. When we drove into Capadar later that afternoon, we hadn't even shut off the engine before Bill came running out to the car. The hits keep coming. Bob and I jumped out and followed Bill to the work table, where Yoel sat grinning before a dozen skull fragments including parts of the face and brain case. The bones were large and ruggedly built, unmistakably male. I found it, he said. I was thrilled for Yoel because during the 1990 field season, he had not found even the tiniest fragment of hominid, much to his frustration. The end. Lucy's Legacy, The Quest for Human Origins, Donald C. Johansson, and Kate Wong. Throughout the flight of literature, you will find a story that touches your soul. Please support the authors in this show by viewing the books on the website 82488.com. That's numbers 8 the word 80.